Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Every relationship begins with you and I am so excited to be here today. Oh my God, I love doing podcasts. I just really love this. I love this part of my job. I love it, love it, love it, love it. And I know that I sometimes it seems like, oh, she's gone two weeks and yes, and I have and I wish I didn't have to and I would love to do a podcast every day, but I have clients. I have courses, I have a membership program, I've grown children, I have a dog, but I love this part of my job. I love it. So, and guess what? We're starting inner critic week, month. Oh, I'm going to do five podcasts in a row about your inner critic because your inner critic sabotages your life. If you did not listen to, there was a podcast, oh my God, maybe 10 ago, I don't even know, Um, but um, that I did one podcast on the inner credit. Go back and listen to that one. Um, that's really kind of the beginning of how all of this started, you know, because um, that podcast touched, and, touched a nerve with many people, and I want to continue the conversation. So, you know, um, when our inner critic attacks us, we stop and we listen, and then we sabotage our life. That's the bottom line. Okay, so but what's what is what? So what do we do? What what what's our job? Well, our job is to learn to see underneath these attacks, and we need to discover the very soft, nice, tender, and terrified core that lies beneath. Guess what? The tough, aggressive, and attacking bravado of our critic friends, because that's what the critic is. Thinks it's tough, and it's you know what? It's and by the way, it's very aggressive. So, um. So many times during the day, we are all, all subject to what I call critic attacks. And in this very special moment, the critic, inner critic comes, you know what, in all of its glory and blasts us with everything it has. You know, so this is often when we feel dreadful about ourselves. You know, um, outside influences can, you know, lead to these attacks. Um, so I want to discuss some of the things that happen in our lives that can, you know, um, lead us to be more vulnerable and thus more susceptible to the attack of the inner critic because when we're very vulnerable is a couple things can happen when you're vulnerable because vulnerability is needed for healing vulnerability is needed for growth vulnerability is needed for love right but also vulnerability leaves us vulnerable so that basically means we're vulnerable to the inner critic too so um you know, what is one of our um, basic outer events that will lead the critic to attack us is when we feel or we are criticized or judged by somebody else, okay? So that's when we start to become anxious. And being criticized by another, you know what? That makes us feel very vulnerable. And no one likes to be criticized, right? That we get this sense of shame and guilt and it threatens our self-esteem and, you know, and everything is just... Oh, the vulnerability, everything goes into action. And guess what? Guess what? The inner critic, your ego, basically, um, it's, it's one of its basic jobs since early childhood was to protect you from the criticism by what does it do? It criticizes you first. Yes. So when you hear yourself say to yourself, your ego says, um, yeah, he's actually means this or she means that. She doesn't like you. She doesn't like, th-. it's trying to protect you trying to get you to fight, trying to get you to run, trying to get you whatever, but it's not protecting us. It's screwing us over every single time. So, um, you know, 
so many people in our lives, the important and unimportant people, even advertisements, you know what, they cause us to, the critic, to come out. But um, people, I see this a lot when you're in a strict, strict religious upbringing, nothing wrong with it, but holy smokeroonies, you want to talk about guilt and inner critics? Yeah. Deep, severe, confusing for many because they go, they're raised in a very strict world of some sort of a religion and they might not, all of a sudden they start fighting against the beliefs or whatever it is. I, you know, I could go on because I have many, many clients that are completely conflicted about the modern day real world and the rules that they grew up within and they criticize themselves endlessly and the self-loathing is immense. So, um, and it's a, it's a battle and it goes on and on and on. And you know what? It's a basically about, um, they're revolting against the, you know, narrowness and the judgmental nature of, um, of a belief structure and a value system that they're not, they're no longer in alignment with. And I'm not going to say the religion's bad. I'm not going to say anything's bad or they're bad. I'm going to say, I have to help them come to the conclusion of who they are without worrying about their, their belief system, right? But their inner critic is so hard on them. So, you know, one of the things that, Think about it. Did you ever hear your parents say, or you say to people, or even now um, people say to you, you know what? The trouble with you is, the problem with you is, you know, um, and that starts a lot of us for in childhood. It's this litany from the outside of, you know what? Um, it, it just doesn't stop. The trouble with you is you never shut up. The trouble with you is you're always causing problems. The problem with you is we cannot count on you. The problem with you is you're stupid. The problem with you is that you never get good grades. The problem with you is that you're not pretty. The problem with you is blah, 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 blah. And the problem with you is none of those problems. <laughs> okay? Literally. And we come to just believe these things about ourselves. And when we're hearing the trouble with you, with that, you know, the parent attacking or the peer or the teacher, is we then believe that that is a problem within us. We are a problem. That's shame. Who we are is not okay. And when we have shame, and when we're living in a toxic, shameful family, meaning the whole family is filled with toxic shame, that means none of us believe who we are is okay. It's we are not okay. We are not good enough. We are not all of these things. And everything, every belief that we adopt and believe is based around who we are is not okay. It's shame, right? So the judgments of the critic come to us consistently, okay? So um, let me give you an example. Let me think of some things. Okay, so let's say you're in your relationship. Your husband comes home from work. He gets settled in and he asks um, his wife or you or who, if you're a woman, whatever. Did you get a chance to pick up my shirts today? Sounds like an innocent question, right? But sometimes in these things, in these relationships, it has some sort of a hindered agenda. What is he feeling? This is what we, we start thinking. What is he feeling underneath the question? Is there an issue, right? So many people have a difficult time expressing their real feelings to each other so every unspoken feeling in a relationship has the possibility of becoming what a judgment directed toward the other person a direct reaction that stings okay so silent judgments do their work without um our knowledge 
Now, you might be saying, Heather, maybe he just asked if you picked up the shirt today. Yeah, could be, but guess what? The wife feels guilty. You know what? When, when asked. So what does she do? Um, she becomes apologetic and contrite, right? So what is she doing? Responding like a daughter to an un, you know, conscious underlying judgment of the husband's question. So her critic is agreeing with the husband's silent judgment and attacking her from within. However, guess what? Is he really feeling underneath that she's not paying enough attention to him? That she is neglecting his needs? Um, let's see, that she spends too much time with the children and her friends. He knows nothing of these feelings or of the vulnerability in general, right? Okay, so the judgment voice in him, okay, um, so he does not have to feel hurt by her, right? Because guess what? Um, He's not, he's not even thinking these things. He's not even, he doesn't know anything. He's literally just asking, did you pick up my shirts to and get, go buy the dry cleaners today? He's not in a vulnerable place. She is because guess what? Her inner critic is telling her, yo, yep, you're not good enough. Now, where is that coming from? Childhood. 99% of the time, that's childhood. Because guess what? As a child, she was told, you know what the trouble with is? You never do anything you're told. The trouble with you is we asked you to clean your room, but you didn't do it. The trouble with you is we asked you to do this, blah, 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 blah. So now she feels attacked and she, her inner critic is coming right at her. And so this unconscious vulnerability is dangerous. Okay. So why? Because then she's turning into the people pleaser and then she's making excuses. Maybe she's going to end up getting aggressive because her inner critic is going, attacking her, going, you know what? This is what he thinks. This is what you do, right? And by the way, um, this happens over and over again. These are little scenarios. You know, you guys are used to telling me about the big scenarios with the narcissist, the codependent, you know, all that. These are the little scenarios. Where, you're, where childhood wounding comes in. You know, it's not big all the time. Right? So, um, you know, let's say you and your partner are having uh, dinner at a restaurant. And you know what? Um, and he feels, the, uh, the partner, he feels inadequate about his physical appearance, right? Um, but not really aware of the discomfort. So he starts feeling very judgmental about the way his partner, his wife, his, his girlfriend date is eating. And she, and she starts thinking, or he starts thinking, God, she's really sloppy. No grace. And then starts thinking that other people are watching him and, you know, the manners are bad. And, and um, you know what, she's eating too fast. She's spilling food. Um, he's a first class slob. Okay, now, what happens? Okay, um, guess what? Now we have this unspoken tension between them. Not, not, no words have been spoken. And guess what? He, who feels, you know, inadequate because of his physical appearance, basically is in full judgmental mode. It's a first-class attack, and that's silent in judgment. But here's the thing. He originally felt bad about his appearance, thinking he didn't measure up because his inner critic was telling him, you know what, yeah, those people look way better than you. You don't belong in this room, whatever it is. You, you know what, you really have let yourself go. 
you're 20 pounds overweight, you know what, oh my God, people are looking at you, blah, 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 right? Now, what do you have to do? Deflect, project, so let me concentrate on her sloppy eating, her this, and meanwhile, I don't even, I'm not even going to go into what might be going through her head, so the whole dinner is silent, or it can end in a various different ways, but that's how it sabotages your life, slowly, and little by little, it eats away and chips away at your relationship. These aren't, again, these aren't big narcissistic things all the time, um, right? So, you know, what happens when we're stressed, overtired, fatigued? Oh, fatigue makes us so vulnerable. That's why you have to get enough sleep, right? When whatever your basic coping mechanism is, when you're tired, oh, it really goes into attack mode. Okay, it is going to attack you. That inner critic is going to get you. It's going to find the insecurities and it's going to get you, right? So what are the, you know, um, what's a disowned self? Let's see. Okay, so a disowned selves are part of us that are not allowed to come out, okay? Because our main ways of being in the world will not permit it. So let's say um, you, uh, the part of us that requires control does not want us to be spontaneous or free because why it's dangerous. Maybe when you were a child or a teenager or whatever, um, you, when you were spontaneous um, and free, you did something that um, people made fun of you for, that um, you got in trouble for or whatever. So what you did was you disowned that part of you. You said, I am not allowed to be spontaneous and free because that is an embarrassment. I embarrass myself. It makes me look like a bad person. No, I have to be in control at all times. So the part of you that is always in control is a false self. That's not who you really are. But you are. But you must disown the part of you that made you feel humiliated or got you in trouble one time. Right? Okay. So now, because now what happened, obviously there would have been caused embarrassment, shame, whatever, right? So well, your inner critic remembers all of it. Your ego remembers all of it. So what is it doing? Trying to keep you within control, not allowing the disowned self of part of you that is fun, free, you know, um, a little bit, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my God, spontaneous. It's trying to keep it away, right? So let's say you go out to a party. You have a few drinks. Oh, your spontaneous self starts to come out. And you start singing and dancing and have a fun time. Or let's say you don't have a few drinks. I don't want to say you have to have a few drinks to do that. But let's say you just are in, a, in, in the atmosphere where the fun, spontaneous part of you starts to come out. And in the morning, what happens? The next morning, you feel very vulnerable. Oh, my God. What did I just do? Did I embarrass myself? Oh, my. I can't believe I did this. And before you know it, okay, um, you are dredging up what you did, not wrong the night before, but 10 years ago. <laughs> Maybe then again, you repeated it five years ago, a year ago. And... Oh my God, the inner critic is having his or her way with you now. And so maybe it's not, you're, you're not just hung over maybe from a few drinks, but it is from your inner critic. And so what happens? You become more controlling. The spontaneous, that, that disowned part of yourself really goes in hiding. Okay. So a lot of people's inner critic comes out when you're in an unfamiliar situation, you know, um, any of these things, entering a new job, a new program, having a child, traveling, 
You know, anytime you feel vulnerable, you know, when we are at the center of attention, that's when the inner critic pounces, you know. Um, so you have to understand that um, when you are in this point, you, you're sitting in a place and you're hearing the inner critic talk to you. You're, I want you to start recognizing whose voice this is. Whose voice is it? Is it your parents' voice? Is it a teacher's voice? Is it a peer's? Is it a co-worker? Whose voice is it? But it's not yours. Yeah, it's the ego's. It's the ego part of you. It's not your true self. It's, you know, but that ego is protecting you because remember, so when you were spontaneous, you got in trouble. So when you go, are spontaneous and you're, the inner critic is, is criticizing you, it's criticizing you so you won't do it again because it thinks it's going to get in trouble. But instead, it's sabotaging you and it's keeping you stuck and it's keeping you hating, you know, hating yourself, basically. You know, so when you are, um, when you overvalue another person so much that being with that other person makes you feel inferior... Okay, that's a sign. So like that the other person carries a disowned self. Okay, so what I want you to do is um, I want you to think about somebody that um, you're kind of maybe you're jealous of them. Okay, and um, you are seeing that they these people, this person works, you know, is successful. Um, you know, uh, she or he dresses nicely, um, you know, all of these things. I want you to ask yourself, like, and all of a sudden you start criticizing her, okay? So let's say, like, maybe some it's something like you um, say, oh, you know what, she wastes so much money on her clothes. I can't believe that. She's so superficial. You know what? Um, got, you know what, she's just, she has useless, she's kind of useless, she's, she's not fun anyways, therefore, you know what, guess what, she has no choice but to look pretty, <laughs> she has no choice but to spend all her money on clothes, you know, um, and guess what, those attacks against that person are basically telling you that you're ignoring an entire aspect of your own self, Guess what? The, the part of you that would love to spend money on you, but you don't think you deserve to spend money on you. The part of you that would like to look nice. The part of you that would like to, you know, have something that makes you feel good. And you have been told at some point, in some way, that you spend too much money. You know what? You're not pretty anyways. You're never going to be pretty. That's never going to work for you anyways. Don't matter what you put on, you're always going to be ugly. You're too fat anyways. You can put on nice clothes, but guess what? You're so fat, you'll never make them look nice. So what happens? The disowned part of ourselves judges the others. And as we're judging others, we're really, the inner critic is attacking us at the same time. So when somebody, let's see, is there somebody in your life that is constantly triggering your critic attacks? Okay, I want you, think about people in your life, okay? I want you to discover what is this relationship all about? What is it all about? Because somebody triggering you can be, is, is a great learning experience. Why are they triggering you? What is they triggering you, right? So, 
when you realize that your inner critic is your ego that really um, loves to attack you because it thinks it's protecting you, you know, and it causes you to lie in bed and you're, you have insomnia and you're, you know, all of these, nothing works and you can't calm yourself down and all you're doing is hearing, you know, the, uh, the inner critic. We have a problem. 911. This is an emergency. Okay. And so when our inner critic is responding to stressors in our life, right? Um, and there's also already other stressors happening. This isn't a relentless, heartless, stress-inducing, even more pressure attack that damages you. You know, um, so this is serious. This inner critic sabotages everything in your life. Your relationships, your career, your self-love, your self-everything, who you are relationship to people to um i'm gonna end that here right now you know because what so what i want you to do um i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a few exercises so get some pens out here or a pen sorry <laughs> a pen um i want you to look at your inner critic okay think about it so think about the times that your inner critic has run amok and there seems to be nothing that you can do to stop it. Some it's sometimes it's people. Is it that when is there certain people that are triggering you? Who are the people in your life who consistently bring on the inner critic attacks? Okay. Now I want you to think of one person. Okay, I'm going to give you an exercise here, people. Think of one person that brings on the inner critic attack. Okay. Now once you've thought of somebody, I want you to answer the following questions. You ready? You're gonna, you might have to come back to this part of the podcast, but close your eyes and visualize the last time you were together with this person or the last time you spoke, okay? What exactly did he or she do or say that made you feel bad? Now, this is gonna be usually a direct or implied judgment or comparison of some kind. Try to recall this as specifically as you can visualize the last time you were together and that you spoke of each other. What was it? What was your response? Can you picture or remember what happened? Can you make a connection between the inner critic attack and what was said to you? Important, important. Can you see the situations where this happens with other people? Okay, now, once you've done this, okay, I want you then to, over the next like three or four days, pay attention to your pattern of critic attacks. It's important. We don't live life. We live patterns. I want you to pay attention to this pattern of the critic attacks. You know what? Um, I want you then, you know, to, can you start to feel somewhat better and try to understand what's causing them? Do you happen to have um, critic attacks at a particular time of day? Are you, is, does your inner critic come out um, when you feel criticized, when you're under stress? Did your partner say something to you? Are you hungry or tired? You gotta, see, you gotta dig. You gotta find out. You gotta ask yourself questions. You have to be curious, okay? And so then, it's, and, and then one time, I want you to think about this. So at some time when you're in the middle of a critic attack, 
think about your pattern of attacks and use the information and begin to figure out ways of dealing with them, right? Um, and this is the way, once you can start identifying patterns, then you can begin to change them. Of course, and I'm going to say this, sorry, but this is the truth. You have to inner, heal the inner child, right? You have to heal um, what needs to be healed, but you can definitely lessen the severity of these attacks. You can definitely start to take control over these attacks. And these attacks are sabotaging your relationships. Okay, we're gonna, um, this is like so exciting. Um, you know, by the way, if you wanna schedule a free one-on-one -on -one call, uh, the link is here, it's in, it's in the notes. Also, couples, um, I'm, I'm putting together actually a three-day couple workshop coming soon on basically how to make your marriage or relationship exponentially better. And it's gonna be insane. But in the meantime, if you want help, you and your partner want help, um, click the link and you can schedule your call. Um, and yeah, this is gonna be exciting. Five part series, part one done. Bye bye.